And now, a word from our sponsors. Before 1971, a young S. Sadie Burbank could only imagine a simple American life as a loving wife and mother. That was her goal when she first married in 1959 at the age of 18. But with the wild social revolution of the 1960s, Burbank's idea of a perfect life would quickly change as she left behind her family to begin a new existence of her own. Her journey would find her on a plane headed toward her new lover, Steve, who was halfway across the world, waiting her arrival in a small bush camp in the country of Liberia. Once there, Sadie is greeted with a fascinating, strange world and plunges herself into the exotic land of the bush. But less than six months later, Sadie would realize all was not as it seemed, and Steve was not the man she fell in love with. Burbank found herself desperately seeking escape from the camp and her lover as she raced back to Robertsfield Airport, literally running for her life. Based on an unbelievably true story by S. Sadie Burbank, Red Hills, Green Vines, and Dried Monkey Meat for Dinner is a manuscript of Burbank's adventurous and deadly experience during a time filled with sex, drugs, and murder. For more information, log into www.redhills.us. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 130. Welcome. Welcome to the world of Myth Bits. Let us jump straight into the housekeeping for this week. So, we did meet with another wrestling promotion and appear to be entertaining a merger. So, I think that ought to give us some hope come PCE Scarefare and PCE come next February for what's to come for the wrestling. <laughs> so... I don't know. I'm kind of stoked to see what's going to come of that. All right. The Missing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies is on track for an end-of-the-month release. I am so close to finishing the illustrations. Dave sent me the final chapter, and hopefully I will get those completely wrapped up and finished within a day or two, and I am so excited. I'm so excited for everybody to see the rest of the story that wasn't published on the World of Myth um, and to see my, my illustrations and the cover. I love how the cover came out. So I don't know. I think it's going to be an absolute delight for everybody to finally get to see. And also Myth Mart is also on track for a grand opening the first week of June and a member section, which offers discounts and free shipping will be ready by the 1st of July. So that's pretty exciting. Um, I really like the idea of, this kind of like exclusive merch section. I think that'll definitely hone in on the familial sense we all have 
in the world of myth and, and the Jezomon empire. <laughs> and David K. Montoya is expected to return with a new serial series about a mob family called Head of the Table for the magazine. So that'll be fun. We get a whole new series. I wonder if he wants me to illustrate that one too. <laughs> Uh, also, a digital file of a comic book from Dark Myth Comics from the 1990s was discovered and begins restoration to be re-released, to be released, for the first time in over 20 years, called The Hunter's Zydus, or Exodus. And finally, almost finally, actually, I lied, an agreement with the Three No podcast has been reached and will be joining the Jayzo Modcast soon. And this is the almost done. Uh, PCE Scarefair has officially selected its logo. And uh, that was that was me. That was my work. <laughs> and also has signed two horror comic icons, Dan Mendoza and Nightmare Lynch to attend. So yeah, as far as I have gotten to kind of see and uh, hear about Scarefair, it's, it's, it's gonna be like PCE on steroids. You know, I think it's, it's gonna be huge. And I am so excited. Like I said, I think it was last week or the week before, like I am already in the Halloween mindset. <laughs> so Expect the next, what, five months to be Jenna in Halloween mode. And let's now progress over to the open contract challenge. Last week, we announced our first two contestants to move forward. And now we shall announce another pair who will be moving forward. Go ahead and insert a 10-minute long drum roll to create anticipation. The contestants moving forward are Jeff R. Young and Mike Lutz. So a huge congratulations to the four announced contestants so far. Uh, this sounds like it is definitely gearing up to be a heck of a, a heck of a contest <laughs> based on the people alone who are seeing progress. So I'm very excited to see what's going to happen in the finals. So yeah, congratulations. Congratulations, everyone. I know I've talked about it a lot over the past couple episodes, so I don't really want to, like, you know, make this episode about it or anything. But if anybody is interested to know, I got the results from my biopsy back, and I'm in the clear. So I am exceptionally relieved. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> it has been five months of hell, uh... You know, and uh, not knowing what's going on and everything. I still don't really know what's going on, but it's not cancer. Otherwise, my tests have come back relatively normal. You know, like, I think slightly low cholesterol, but my doctor put me on some flaxseed oil to help maintain that. And I am non-cancerous. <laughs> and again, I am just super relieved. So yeah, I'm kind of going to... Scream that from the hilltops for the next couple days because, again, five months of just strict, strict internal and external panic. 
and now it is not. And I get to keep my hair and <laughs> I get to uh, not uh, think about scary things and, and doing things again. So, yeah. Yeah, body pain still? A little, but nothing too bad. I think it's musculature based, honestly, because the way my neck is hurting right now. Mm -hmm. That and like my, um, like my gut culture, I yeah. think is off. I need to talk to my doctor about that. Anyway. I'm just saying, like sometimes people listen to podcasts, non, you know. They might they be able to suggest jump like, on hey. the internet and they do their, their armchair research on the internet there and boom. You this know? is what it sounds like. You got like, diagnosis yeah. right there, and you take it to the doctor, <laughs> slap it down. Yeah. This guy says, you know, or this girl said, could you, be this. Do you remember there was that show on Netflix, and uh, it was like these people who had really like wild out there um, symptoms, and they like mystery diagnosis, something like that. Was it mystery diagnosis? I can't remember. And it was like it was like a coalition. This one doctor who put so many different people and doctors and resources from all over the world together to help come up with a diagnosis for some of these people or I, all of these people. I think that I did see that or a version no, of No, we that. did watch it. Or was it that? Because remember, I think there was an episode where this guy started having these problems. Or no, no, okay. This was weird because I was watching a documentary that had nothing to do with that. Now I remember. It had nothing to do with medical, you know, mysteries or anything like that and i think it was a documentary for i can't remember it was, it was totally unrelated but the husband died of a mysterious disease in the garage from a rat remember that no so but that like, sounds terrifying like they were talking about something and then it turns out that he had uh been moving these boxes in the garage and like he inhaled this dust with the mm. rat poop right and he had gotten this mystery disease and then died from this rare disease. It's horrible. Yeah. You know. Um, but I was thinking, because I, I think that immediately went from the uh, medical mystery show on there. And I was like, oh, that must have been it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's interesting because it's like, and I've, I've kind of talked to a couple of people over the past couple months about, like, medical diagnoses. And um, not always... Getting a diagnosis, you know, sometimes doctors are just as perplexed as you are. And to me, that's that's the scariest, you know, because it's like if it's something that that medical science is having a hard time, you know, like putting comprehension toward like that's horrifying. And um, I know my without getting too detailed, but like my mom's husband has gone through about a decade of trying to get some kind of diagnosis and he only just kind of started making any headway. Um, and like, that's, that's something that just like, Oh, you know? So, but on that same note, you know, you think about where we were a hundred, 150 years ago, uh, in the scientific uh, medical scientific field and, uh, how things have, evolved you know i you got mean ghosts in your blood <laughs> apparently we're still arguing germ theory is still a controversial topic what <laughs> huh what do you mean <laughs> do i need to say it I think you, do. <laughs> you know germ theory uh for anybody who's unsure is the understanding 
uh, of pathogens traveling from host to host. And, oh, okay, uh, gotcha. And, uh, you know, that's apparently, you know, at the time when it was first even mentioned in the medical field back in the 1800s, the people who brought it up were thought of as completely irrational and <laughs> untrustworthy. Um, and so the people who mocked them and said that they were uh, crazy people went ahead and sounds... performed surgery with a bloodied saw. Think about that, because it almost sounds like EMF waves and EMT waves. And people feel that that's insane, like with microwaves. And yet here we are. <laughs> Because with germs, like somebody came out and said, you know what? There's very tiny microscopic little microorganisms that spread from person to person. And had you lived back then, you know, you would have thought this man is insane as they did. Because that's exactly what you describe right now. This man is insane. He thinks there's tiny little microorganisms jumping okay, around. But and then now you have these other guys who are saying, oh, hey, you know what's weird? I used to sit there and stare at a computer screen for X amount of time. And they somehow got brain cancer. I'm just saying, you know, uh, with robotics engineers and stuff like that, it's a big deal. You're, you're going to breach into some 5G microchip. 5G? Let's talk about 5G. <laughs> no. No. no, I'm just saying that it could hold relevance. Like, we don't know. It's because that's that's the exact yeah. concept. You're I get what you're about. saying. And it's, it's, I mean, look at, like, germ theory... Was what the eighteen fifties? And they still use leeches back then, right? In we still use leeches today. Yeah, exactly. So you're gonna leeches bleed. Are a very effective. You're bleeding the ghosts out, and you're <laughs> like, you know what? That sounds insane. Here, have some more blood leeches. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, like I said, apparently, uh, the concept of germ theory is just so wild and out there for people to understand that now, uh, it's created cause for major divisiveness um, and that is fun absolutely i feel <laughs> i feel microwaves are bad for you i'm just gonna say that well i mean i think just on top of that microwaves and plastic microwaves and styrofoam microwaves and foil microwaves. There's a lot of aspects i haven't used the microwave in a minute i don't know just because i've stopped eating a lot of like so, yeah, really, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's, I, I love reading about the uh, discovery of, of medical instances and sciences, especially throughout the 1800s. Um, it's just really interesting. And when the pandemic really first kind of started, one of the biggest ways, like, I kind of helped relieve myself of the horror I don't, this is probably not, some people I don't think this could work for, but for me to kind of just stuff my, my noggin with a lot of information was to read in particular about like the yellow fever and everything. And I think I probably talked about it, um, on the podcast at some point, but yeah, that kind of, I mean, in terms of society and everything kind of opened my eyes a little bit more, but anyway, I am cancer free. And I am very elated. That being said, I definitely had to take a rest. I don't think I've kind of just given myself a reason to stop and just relax, <laughs> you know, beyond like an hour here or there. Just because 
I mean, for the past like month and a half in particular, I have been moving, just constantly going, constantly, nonstop thinking about what I'm going to be doing, how I need to work on it, and then working on it. And then, I mean, just nonstop. And then before that, I was finding reasons to constantly move because if I stopped and I was thinking about my health or thinking about, you know, what could possibly be wrong or, you know, what I didn't have to look forward to, what I did have to look forward to, what I should stop looking forward to, all of those joys of living with major anxiety in a health crisis, in a pandemic. So I just didn't let myself stop. I just wanted to constantly be doing something so that way my brain was constantly occupied. And I know it's going to hit me. I know it's going to hit me hard because yesterday was my nephew's 16th birthday. So like the day before, after I, I got the the non-diagnosis, <laughs> so your biopsy looks good, you're fine. I came home and I... I just, I don't know, like I was wired, you know, so I went and wrapped presents and, and got everything ready and I was just happy, you know, and relieved. And then yesterday we did the birthday, we, you know, decorated and had, you know, nice little, nice little day. And then we stayed up, me and my nephew stayed up until like three o'clock in the morning, three or four, playing uh, Resident Evil Village. And I just, I had to fight it. I had to fight myself because I kept thinking, I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I could be sketching on, you know, right now I could be doing this, this or this. And it was like, I, I had to force myself to stop because I've been on this like trajectory of continuously going that the minute I was able to kind of stop my brain was just like, no, 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 we're not used to this. <laughs> so I just, I don't know, I really kind of needed it. I know the minute I am kind of done with my little pre-programmed set of goals over the next couple days, I know I'm going to, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to have to stop. That being said, there, I, f I feel like there's, I don't know, like it's interesting the way our culture has kind of like romanticized this like hustle lifestyle, this like, you know, you've constantly got to keep moving and, and it's all for the hustle and the grind and all of this and like this abusing your body to benefit somebody else and thinking you're the, you are so spectacular because you're such a hard worker. You know, and, and it has nothing to do with hard work or anything. It has to do with the fact that we just like completely exhaust and overexert ourselves <laughs> under the guise that, oh, it's it's for this or this or this. You know, I know like what I'm doing. It's my own doing. Pushing to do art and be an artist I'm essentially my own boss and, and minus, you know, like doing the the illustrations for the book or anything like it's it's my passion. So I know I'm kind of doing it to myself, if that makes sense, as opposed to, you know, like um, being forced to, to do it by, you know, mega corporations. What's that uh, like? <laughs> you'd know nothing of it, right? Uh, <laughs> 
What yeah. is that like? I mean, even my brother, you know, he he works uh, seven or six days a week. Fine. He enjoys it. Like, he likes what he does. I don't know. This this disrespect, I feel, that, that a lot of companies have uh, based on their workers and their personal lives. You know, like, oh, if you don't devote all of this time to your work, then you're just lazy, you know, as opposed to the fact that we're human and we need to kind of rest and uh, we're allowed to have personal lives. We're allowed to have fun, relax, uh, do stuff and not, you know, (laughs) devote our entire lives 24-7 to a job. So beyond that, that's my little soapbox soapbox speech i feel it should be like a way of being because the way i feel that is it's not about the work it's what you do it's not about working or not working i feel it's not so much about work or hard work or how others will view your work versus how you can accomplish said work for their work because if their work doesn't align with your work then it turns into what you would call a job right so if you are pursuing art and you uh, learn new things all, all the time and whatnot, and you put a lot of work into it, it's how you are and how you are being. It is now a lifestyle. That's where they try to differentiate between these different categories. They say, okay, well, now you have a culture or you have a lifestyle. You have a, you have a society because what is a society besides the greater accomplishment towards this thing we don't even know what it is no. right <laughs> but the, the the greater accomplishment towards this thing say if you were able to create art and then sell your art and then create a meaningful trade with it you know in whatever medium you choose you know tattooing is a big one right it's the same thing almost as if you're illustrating technically right so you're tattooing or you're illustrating or you're creating video games or media art or, 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 you know. I mean, it takes time, though. It definitely takes time because look at Netflix. Remember when Netflix, you would just, like, rent DVDs in the mail system and now look at them. They're yeah. the media, you know, media hotspot. Well, one of them. Yeah. That took a long time. You know, I think it's like 20 years now. Right. Because Netflix actually, I think, I want to say it started actually like in the 90s. Did it? Yeah, so it's like 20 years. It took them 20 years to become a media giant, you know, or probably a little less. Yeah. You have to put in the time and the effort and the work, and that's where the work comes in. It's because it's like little chunks at a time. Mm-hmm. There's a large misconception, I feel, too. Like if you have people in society being told to do one thing and then they decide to do one thing such as if they were to chill at the house and play video games which is a giant misconception i believe over a lot of people who feel that people who are i guess if you want to call it quote unquote lazy will only want to stay at home and play video games instead of work no it's like oh this guy doesn't want to work or, or you know and it's it's it's, it's a big problem I feel. Um, well, also, who wants to work? Like, <laughs> you know, I want to. Like, I want to work. Like, I mean, but but that also kind of comes. It opens up the discussion for like, what it, what do you deem work? Exactly. You know, it's like, do you, you know, I mean, who who is happy? Who is eager to 
you know, slave away and do things for minimum profit, barely a living wage. That's where you have to change your exactly. idea of work mean. If you have your idea of what work is, like, okay, so I'm going to go and get this job so then I can get this other job that pays X amount of dollars. Big one is when I meet people, big one is line work. And what line work is, it's like an electrical field work. Now, it pays a lot of money. And obviously, it's very difficult with that kind of pay to get into the system, right? Or even into like unions now to get in there because the pay is so high. So you're being paid $80 an hour, but when you really think about it, it's the same thing almost because you're going out and working on electrical panels and and fields and and wires and transformers and everything. And if that is your thing, if you are passionate about that, that's all for you. You can be passionate about electronics and everything like that. Like if if you're passionate about this thing, you want to be passionate about that, then that's your thing. You go do it. Yeah. If you're not passionate about it, you're going to have a real problem. Look at the whole reason you got, I mean, like when you got out of high school and it was the first thing you did, you jumped into HVAC, even though it's a lucrative career, you know, it's, it's, you know. There's a giant thing behind that. But (laughs) I mean, but I'm just saying like, it's, it was kind of like, well, it's there. I can I can do this this tech school and I love don't get me wrong like tech schools are great. They are amazing options. They are great great resources. I'm not knocking tech or trade schools whatsoever. Um but it's there. Right. You know, and especially you know that kind of comes into play this this panic and I know we've talked about it so so much but like this this panic and it's um, a, a a fear of death, essentially, when it comes down to is why do we kind of why are we pressured at such a young age to feel like we have to know what we want to do with our lives by the time we are 18? But it's not even 18. We have to know what we want to do before that because we need to apply to the right colleges. If we want to go to great colleges, if we want to do Ivy League, then obviously we need to start that trajectory when we are in middle school. Right. So we are pressured into feeling like we have to have these set goals and if we don't have these set goals well then we're going to turn out to be like oh the lower forms in society because we're deemed or we're told that you know the the tradesmen and the you know that they're you know what's the the joke like oh you don't want to flip patty or flip burgers at mcdonald's when really no this is not the belief system that actually is true and it works. It's ridiculous and it's biased and it's classist and oh my God, the whole list of isms come into play, you know, because we have to have a supremacy factor in deeming what is beneficial for our society. And I'm, I know I'm getting really off. I'm trying to, to jump back on, on the course. When we have this like fear of death, and I know it's like, how is death related to, to jobs and work? Because we're told our career has to be our lives. We have to be passionate about our careers, right? Like doctors or veterinarians or or cosmetologists or, you know, who writers, authors, artists. It has to be your it has to be your life. Your career has to be your life. And that's where, you know, I mean, there's a whole you know, uh, I feel uh, that holds merit though if it's your passion. 
but I'm I'm saying it's used as a tool right. to kind of kind of and I hate to use this term, but it's the only fitting one to control people. Because if we are defined by our careers, then what does that say about working women? What does that say about, you know, really anybody, <laughs> you know, if you're defined by your career? Because what is... Are they following their passion? But what I'm saying is up until recently, to be a working woman, unless we were in a time of war or, I mean, you know, we had the, the 1970s and the, the wave of women entering, re-entering the workforce, I should say, the 70s and the 80s. Women, women had one objective, right? And that was to be childbearing. Right. And if suddenly they wanted to put their attention on their careers, well, something off about her. My point is we use these concepts to, to designate somebody's place and point in society. And again, it is a very classist system. It is a very racist, sexist system, but I'm not going to get into all of that. The point is our relationship with what our jobs, work, careers is so wild when you think about it. And it's so wacky and it's completely just this like obscure man-made thing. And it's so weird to me, you know, like if you really think about it, you know, it's like, but that being said, we all do have to make a living. And there are some people who are more fortunate than others who really get to push for their passion. I know I am one of those people. I don't know who I'd be <laughs> if I didn't have art. I don't know. I don't know. I am very much defined by my work. So I'm a hypocrite. I know that. Just work it out, Molly. Get your ideas rolling. <laughs> Well, it's because that, that was the idea to, to, to let it roll through is because, A, they use it for creating middle school to create these ideas of what you want to do because it is not a secret, you know, that it takes a lot of time to form these things. So they want to pump them through as quick as they can. Um, and it's unfortunate, though, that there's a lot of tiny little things yeah. around that idea that people don't really want to look at or understand or anything like uh, psychology behind everybody else and then what happens to everybody and really quick can I finish off my thoughts super super fast on the whole mortality factor because I totally forgot about that it's that we're afraid we're going to run out of time and because we have these timelines oh by the time you reach 30 by the time you reach 40 by the time you reach 50 etc 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 we think we should have had or reached these milestones by then but obviously those milestones are really, really uh, stupid. And so anyway, it creates this giant big fear of death because obviously if we haven't done those things, if we haven't made the most of our 20s or the most of our 30s or if we feel, feel like we wasted time doing this or, you know, we, we went to school for two years, but really we should have been studying this for four years. So it all comes down to mortality. I feel too like the mortality thing is more... As, as time progresses and you're actually able to experience a lot more and you become wiser to everything, the fear of death heightens a little more. Well, anyways, I, like I was saying, um, they get them young because they gotta, it takes time to create everything. Money equals freedom, and there's, there's even books on it now that money equals freedom. And, it, you know, I've never had a lot of money, so I'm not quite <laughs> sure if that is true. <laughs> you know, I hear from wealthy fellows that that is true. So, <laughs> but 
but then we get duped into these like certain ways you know especially like you're talking about classism and we're duped in these certain ways i think it really just takes a whole way of being i'm definitely one who wants to work i don't know what it is it's just it's just how it is like i want to work but i want to do things that i want to work yeah and honestly like being married to you that's kind of something that's like really kind of bled on to me um that if i'm not doing something I'm passionate about, you know, that's, that's all I want to do. Uh, when I do do it, I am like obsessive with it, you know? Um, and I guess you can turn that back over to like, I mean, I guess that is like the fear of death thing to where it's like, okay, well, I mean, honestly, that, that, that would be the point of it is because it's like, well, if you're not going to do what you want to do, I mean, what is the point? No. Right? And I think, you know, in, in, in a lot of, like, our generation, that's kind of the wake-up call. And I think, you know, the younger generation is, they're going to live by that. You know, very much that this whole system is stupid. You know, it benefits very, very few. Um, you know, look at how hard it is. Look at how hard you work. Look at how hard, you know, so many people work to reap a reward is... You know, it's it's just, I don't know, it's a system that, that is just ridiculous. And I'm not saying, you know, like, oh, you know, nobody wants to work or anything like that. I think, like I said, I think uh, it's just kind of been something that we've been told what it means. We've been told why we need to live our lives the, these ways specifically instead of kind of rewriting that path or, or re-comprehending it. Um, into what it means for us. Well, look at it, because like, look at this, like, because I said that it is an entire way of being. With working, um, <laughs> it's an entire way of being, such as if you're to work towards a larger goal, right, about your passion and what you're passionate about. There's an entire argument against not working for your passion. Um, Mike Rowe has an entire book about that, actually. Do you know that? Yeah, and I think just the point it comes down to um, is, again, like re recalibrating what it means to work. Um, and I also kind of want to let people know, like, I know sometimes, like, I get really self-conscious when... Like, I say, oh, you know, if I'm in the middle of drawing something and I'm like, oh, I'm working. And I feel like that's going to sound really stupid because like, oh, well, you're not working, you're just drawing. But no, I am working. This is my livelihood. And at the moment, it is how I'm, you know, making my my living. <laughs> it's very much my, my work life. So uh, I don't know if that's something other people experience. I think that's also part of like a the imposter syndrome aspect of everything where you kind of start panicking of, you know, oh, am I really an artist? Am I really this? Am I really this? Yes, you are. Uh, you know, I think that still applies with everything we've talked under or talked about uh, regarding uh, categories that people try to define. And it's just ridiculous and uh, nonsensical. And, you know... I don't know. I just think um, we we have more power than we think we have. And I told my nephew that, you know, he, he really tries to, he's, again, he just turned 16. 
And he's like, oh, you know, he's kind of jumped around a lot trying to decide what he wants to do. At first, uh, he kind of thought about, like, culinary arts. And I'm like, that's great. You know, if you want to do that, that's really cool. You can travel. Um, you know, that's that's something really fun if you want to do that. Uh, then he kind of <laughs> brought up, like, the medical field. And I'm like, unfortunately, that's something that if you want to get into it, you got to start now, dude. Like, um, but then... Um, you know, and, and I never want to discourage him. Like, it doesn't matter, like, oh, even if he didn't know he wanted to do anything in the medical, medical field now, he could still do it later. You know, I'm not saying that. He he absolutely can, as long as it takes him to figure it out. But um, isn't that also an interesting concept? What's that? Our parents, you know, constant, not uh, constantly, but that, like, get a job that you'll, you know, never have to worry about about money. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting to me. Like, I was very lucky. My my mom's very much like, do what you love, you know, be, you know, if you're passionate about something. She's very supportive in that regard. She never, you know, pushed me in that, like, you have to, you have to be rich for you to be successful and happy. That was, that was my stepdad. He was very much of that mindset. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I was a lot closer to my mom. <laughs> But, yeah, isn't that kind of interesting how they, you know, it's like our parents are, like, the number one salesmen, salespeople for this, like, make lots of money and you'll be just fine. Yeah. But I think that also falls under the fear of death because <laughs> they want their rich kids to take care of them, <laughs> right? As we all do. I'm not saying, like, I would pass that up, you know. My kid was rich and wanted to take care of me. I'm like, all right, you know, kid, let's do it. Uh yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. And on that note, uh, thank you for sticking around for this lovely little rant. Um, you know, I do want to kind of like just to to maybe prick your your ears up a little, dear precious listeners. Uh, I know Joe is is working on some fun stuff, uh, so that way you don't have to anticipate nothing but rants from us <laughs> you know that's not our goal is just to to rant on these episodes it started out just I was excited and and uh kind of wanted to talk about my excitement and that kind of teetered as you can tell uh but yeah there's there's if you if you have heard uh us talk about kind of some plans and twists and turns um to make sure that you are enjoying the content and make sure that again you're not just constantly listening to us uh spit our opinions into the ether so that being said until next week you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on facebook and twitter at the world of myth bits podcast and the world of myth magazine and also on instagram at the world of myth bits i have very poorly update i have not updated the the instagram i need to jump back on that i'm a bad social media person not worse than me (laughs) (laughs) all right guys thanks for listening until next time